0: You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6.
1: Good evening and thanks for joining us. We begin tonight with breaking news and a stunning example of carbon monoxide danger as the cold weather sets in.
2: Global News has details of a string of recent poisonings, 17 this week alone. Jay Durant is in our newsroom right now with the details of one incident this morning, Jay, that sent 13 people to hospital.
3: That's right, a potentially deadly situation. It happened in Vancouver on West 5th near Pine around 10 this morning. Paramedics called for a collapsed patient. When crews arrived on scene, the paramedic CO monitors went off right away. Several additional patients began to have issues, and in the end, five ambulances were sent to the scene. In total, 13 patients were transported to hospital, two in critical condition. The other 11 patients were stable when transported.
4: Many of them were brought to VGH, some were brought to St. Paul's. Of all of those,
5: only one or two were significantly poisoned. We took the worst one and had to put them in the chamber here. And they're still unwell, and they're going to probably remain in hospital.
1: I think it's critical that people uh, have carbon monoxide monitors in their homes and in their, uh, their buildings and offices. It definitely saves lives. Um, it is really important that we make sure that they, they are in the buildings and that they are, we're checking the batteries uh, once a year. Um, they definitely save lives.
3: Now back to the cause of this most recent incident. A Fortis technician investigated and determined the problem was a boiler which has since been shut down. Chris. Jay, uh, Jody Butterman pointed out the value of a
2: carbon monoxide detector. What else should people know?
3: Well, it's not electric heaters that are the issue for carbon monoxide. Rather, anything that burns, including gas or propane heaters. If it's not vented properly, CO has a chance of building up and poisoning people. It is a colorless, odorless gas that is undetectable to human senses. Symptoms include headache, dizziness, nausea, and vomiting. First responders encouraging everyone tonight to get a CO alarm, put it on every floor, every bedroom, and test it regularly. Chris?
2: All right, good advice. Thanks very much, Jay.
1: Now, while many of us may grumble about the low temperatures uh, or having to scrape our cars, for others, it can be a life-or-death situation. Catherine Urquhart has more on that part of the story and the help being offered to those who might otherwise find themselves left out in the cold. Catherine? Well, Sophie,
6: sadly, homelessness is a problem across Metro Vancouver, including here in North Vancouver. The Lookout Society has opened up an extreme weather shelter behind me here in the 700 block of West 2nd, and a number of other organizations have done the same. All right. At 70 years old, Larry McConaughey is homeless.
4: I've been in a lot of shelters in my time.
6: Tuesday night, he stayed at an extreme weather shelter in Surrey.
4: When you get my age, the cold
0: factor is very different.
6: This cold weather shelter can't meet the demand.
0: We've actually expanded from 30 shelters to, uh, sorry, from 30 beds to to 50 beds, but yet we are still turning away uh, about 10 to 15 guests every single night.
6: Extreme weather shelters have opened across Metro Vancouver. Locations include Vancouver's Britannia and West End Community Centers, the Powell Street Getaway, and the Vancouver Public Library's main branch downtown.
7: It's great that people have these warming centers that take a little bit of the strain off uh, the permanent shelters in the city to get people in, give them a place to keep warm, and help them survive. When it does get cold, it can be life threatening.
6: Homelessness in Burnaby now being addressed after Mayor and Council voted unanimously to allow permanent homeless shelters as well as warming centres.
8: You know, as a firefighter, uh, so many times we had gone and, and saw the the basic needs of people not being met, especially in, you know, cold, cold weather temperatures and really wet temperatures. And it's kind of heartbreaking when you see people in our parks and public spaces Uh with nowhere to go and uh, certainly that uh, was very personal for me.
6: Extreme weather shelters helping some of the 3600 homeless identified in Metro Vancouver's 2017 homeless count. Yet many of our most vulnerable continue to spend their nights outside, some by choice, others unable to find an available bed. Now, if you would like to help, cold weather gear is needed. The Union Gospel Mission says that right now it could use boots along with jackets, preferably ones that are waterproof, and those
1: can be dropped off at 601 East Hastings. Back to you. All right, let's hope they get lots of donations. Catherine, thank you.
2: It's a controversial strategy to deter drunk driving, and it's creating a lot of buzz here in this province. York Regional Police have started a weekly list naming and shaming drivers simply charged with impaired driving. Not convicted, just charged. Grace Key has more on this right now. And, Grace, there is a lot of praise for this idea and some concern, too. Mm.
9: Yeah, it's something that we haven't seen in this province, but definitely some folks are keeping a close eye on what's happening back east. And as you might expect, it is getting some mixed reaction.
10: Hi there. Please do this variety
9: track. It's the age-old practice of publicly naming and shaming. In the battle against drunk drivers, York Regional Police has a new tactic. Every Monday on its website, they'll post the names of people who've been charged with impaired-related criminal driving offenses. This comes after a weekend where 16 people were charged with 27 drunk driving-related charges.
4: Our chief is fed up, and Chief Eric Jolliffe has come out uh, a couple times now in the last few weeks saying the numbers that we're seeing, which continue to rise, uh, of people that are driving while impaired.
9: The goal is to make it clear that impaired driving is socially unacceptable. Acceptable, but they also want the public's help asking people to call police if these offenders get behind the wheel while under suspension Mad Metro Vancouver says this is an effective deterrent
2: it will act as a deterrent for somebody that's going out for a night of partying they don't want to be embarrassed because of their mm, poor decisions and they'll find another way to to go out and have fun without their car.
9: But a defense attorney says more than a third of all impaired driving charges lead to a stay or acquittal, arguing it's not only unfair for those individuals to have their names published, but there could be privacy concerns as well.
10: Generally speaking, if a government organization has acquired information, they're not supposed to be just releasing that information to the public. You know, they run the risk of, uh, of running afoul of, uh, of B.C.'s privacy legislation and having an investigation with the privacy commissioner.
9: This isn't the first time policing agencies have used this tactic. Durham Regional Police in Ontario have been posting names for several years, they say, without any issues.
8: The only people that seem to be upset with it are the media who continue to run stories about it being a shame campaign when in fact we share information about serious criminal offences all the time.
2: All right, Grace, we saw Bob Rorison there from Mad say he believes it's going to be a deterrent. Do we know how successful this tactic of naming and shaming is when it comes to getting people to stop this habit of drinking and driving?
9: Yeah, you know, that's one thing that the critics argue, that there's no real study out there or, uh, you know, anything to prove its effectiveness. So they say it's hard to say whether or not it's really working and getting drunk drivers off the streets. Chris?
2: We'll have to keep an eye on. York Regional Police then. Thanks very much, Grace.
1: Well, we got a preview last night, but today the provincial government released its Clean BC plan aimed at reducing carbon pollution. Tonight, a closer look at just how this will affect you. Tetraneki has more on the plan to encourage us all to change how we live, work and commute.
0: We hear it daily, we can't keep living like this. And while climate change is a worldwide problem, the consequences are already hitting home and hitting hard. In BC, the two worst wildfire seasons on record, this year and last. (laughs) So today, another attempt at reducing greenhouse gas emissions. I'm very proud today to announce Clean BC, a plan that will lower greenhouse gas emissions, reduce climate pollution as we move our province and our economy to a low-carbon future. The report says by getting off fossil fuels, BC will use 8% more electricity system-wide, or the equivalent of what powers Vancouver, but energy sector analysts say that's not realistic.
3: The electricity requirements to reduce greenhouse gases in the gas industry alone will be more than an eight percent increase that they're projecting
0: the carbon tax now 35 dollars a ton will increase to 50 dollars by 2021 and a new heavy industry efficiency fund will top out at about a quarter billion dollars to be paid back into those industries that reduce emissions
6: these ideas are always nice until the bill comes in so i really want to know how much this is going to cost us in real dollars
0: As previously announced, 30% of all new car sales in BC will have to be zero emission by 2030 and all new vehicles by 2040. Unspecified incentives are expected in the next budget to help build the infrastructure needed for electric cars. Also unspecified are new incentives for home retrofits, where the province would rather you install a heat pump instead of a high-efficiency furnace, for example. This is not only a climate plan. This is an economic plan. And that's what's so exciting about what's being announced today.
11: Today is a great day for British Columbia as well as Canada, uh, especially when you look at what is happening around the world.
0: BC Environment Minister George Heyman is flying to Poland later this week to tell the United Nations Climate Change Conference about BC's plan to do its part. And hopefully it won't meet the same kind of resistance as seen in Paris this week over that country's carbon tax increase. Ted Schnecki, Global News.
1: All right, Keith Baldry joins us live with more on this. We saw some positive and some negative reviews in that Mm -hmm. story. It's a delicate balancing act, Keith, so could there be any potential blowback politically?
8: Well, yeah, there are costs associated with this plan. 65 pages, not all detailed yet. We have to wait for the budget. But it's going to cost you money to retrofit your home. It's going to cost you money to get a heat pump, even with these incentives. And it's cost money right now to pay for an electric vehicle. It costs more than a fossil fuel car. So uh, there are costs that will be, uh, I think, uh, absorbed over time. It's going to end up uh, saving you money over time, but costs up front. John Horgan today, though, makes the point that his government, he thinks, and he will argue, has brought in enough number of savings on other fronts that will allow people to reinvest in these initiatives to go uh, greenhouse gas emission free. Here's the Premier.
0: We are bringing in uh, changes on affordability when it comes to housing, childcare, medical services premiums being eliminated, tolls on the bridges being eliminated. So we're putting money back into people's pockets so they can use that money to reduce their their impact on the environment and their impact on climate change.
8: So one thing we're going to be keeping an eye on, uh, guys, is the carbon tax is going up each and every year to $50 a ton at a time when other provinces may not be even having a carbon tax. It could very well be the case that B.C. has the only carbon tax between here and Quebec, and that might present a political problem for John Horgan. But right now, I don't think he sees one.
1: Mm -hmm. All right. Thanks for that, Keith.
8: Surrey's top cop is not
2: happy with a decision by the new mayor to shelve a plan to hire an additional dozen officers next year. The move, part of Surrey Council's draft budget to deal with the city's debt problem, but as Aaron MacArthur reports, critics say it's short-sighted.
7: It's not just murders and gangsters. Surrey Mounties are dealing with traffic fines and community outreach too. Many in BC's second largest city want to see more cops on the street. The number of RCMP officers in Surrey, you think there's enough? No. No? How come? Because they
11: promised
0: us. And I don't think we met the numbers that they've promised.
8: More members? More,
0: yeah, they could use more members. That, that, that I don't disagree with.
9: It would be a benefit to all the residents here in Surrey.
7: But the new mayor and council, despite campaigning on a law and order platform, have already cut back on staffing. The budget for 12 new RCMP officers next year has been scrapped. The mayor believes the contingent hire this year is enough.
3: Next year we'll see... Um, For the total year, more um, police officers than this year. But because we're in a transition to our own Surrey police force, that um, will be the amount of officers that they'll get um, next year.
7: In an internal memo obtained by Global News, senior leadership at the RCMP expressing dismay at the budget. It reads, the Surrey detachment requires an increase in resources in order to enhance our public safety strategies and meet legitimate public expectations. If you are involved in gang activity... The memo, written by Assistant Commissioner Dwayne McDonald, is being echoed by other community groups across Surrey.
3: We're about 300 officers short. Uh, we also need specialized teams such as a dial-a-dope team in the city of Surrey. So there's concern...
7: The budget still has to be discussed and debated at council... But something has to give to get to Mayor McCallum's promised property tax hike of just 2.9%. Aaron MacArthur, Global News. Right now though, a story out of Surrey
2: tonight shows just how much today's students rely on technology and that includes when they're hungry.
1: Two secondary schools have been forced to implement new rules because of the growing number of students having their lunch delivered. Sarah McDonald reports.
12: When technology, teenagers, and insatiable appetites collide, you get this. What you got? Uh, 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 food, sushi. A unique issue and a sign of the times plaguing the Surrey School District.
4: I get it every day. But it's fresh made, right? Yeah,
6: good taste. And it's hard, right?
12: The problem? Students at some secondary schools are simply too good for business when it comes to food delivery services. There
4: are separate cars, like that deliver different things.
12: Too many of them ordering food through their phones.
4: Maybe like a uh, hundred or two hundred
12: and having it delivered on school property. It's much easier to just get pre-made food. And with dozens of students placing orders on a daily basis, district officials say it's become a distraction and a security concern. Deliveries happening at all hours of the day, including while students are in class.
10: The times they are are changing.
12: That's why the district is cracking down, banning drivers and deliveries on school grounds and restricting drop-offs to the lunch hour only.
10: Not disrupting learning time and pulling students out of the classroom to pick up their food order.
12: I heard the Skip the Dishes got banned. One of the most popular services, Skip the Dishes, tells Global News it doesn't track statistics on school deliveries, but says it respects any rules put in place by principals, like this one.
5: And it only gets delivered during lunchtime, so if you
12: don't show up on time, then you're not going to get your food. And the district says as long as those new restrictions cut down on the chaos, its kids can keep ordering in off-school property, regardless of their reasons for doing so. Because my mom's too lazy to make lunch. So long as students aren't skipping class to skip the dishes. Sarah McDonald, Global News,
1: Surrey. Recognize this man? The image shot November 24th when the suspect triggered a surveillance camera in a bait car on Quarry Road in Chilliwack. If you know who it is, you're asked to contact RCMP, who are also using this as a reminder not to leave your holiday shopping in your car, to lock your doors and to park in visible areas.
2: Going to stay on that topic right now because as online shopping grows during the holidays, so does the number of thieves waiting to snatch your deliveries right from your front door.
1: Our Andrea joins us now with some tips on how to keep
11: those porch pirates away. Mm. And it's a lucrative time for them, isn't
1: it? Yeah, yeah. If you're
2: right. not careful.
11: That's right. Thanks, you too. Couriers and Canada Post do their best to ensure the safe delivery of packages. You might want to consider, though, taking the following steps. Consider your shipping destination. Have the package delivered to a family member's house, workplace, or a trusted neighbor. Request a signature upon delivery, but remember in many cases, the receiver must ask the shipper to make that request. Many major couriers like FedEx and UPS also have their own retail locations or access points where you can have your delivery sent and held for a limited time. Purillator customers can ask the shipper to request pickup at a Purillator shipping center. Canada Post offers Flex Delivery, which lets you pick up your parcels at a post office of your choice with more than 6,000 locations. And track your packages. Canada Post, FedEx, and UPS have systems that allow you to track packages and receive alerts when they're on the way. The UPS My Choice program allows users to give instructions to drivers. Taking some of these steps might help prevent porch pirates from ruining your holiday.
3: Last year, during the holidays, we saw a bit of a spike in parcel thefts. A lot of people are doing online shopping, and we're asking people to plan ahead. If you're doing some online shopping, if you know you're going to be home, great. If you're not, consider an alternative uh, address. Maybe send it to your work, a neighbor, or a friend's house. We're asking you, please don't tempt a thief.
11: And remember to read the retailer shipping policy before you purchase goods. Sometimes companies allow you to leave instructions about the safe delivery of your package. Also keep in mind, if you are tracking a package from a major courier and you want to redirect your package, many charge an extra fee if it's outside the delivery's original jurisdiction or if it's outside an access point location. And if you have a consumer issue for me, there's my email address at consumermatters@globalnews.ca.
1: All right, keep those packages safe this Christmas. Thank you, Ann. Well, if you're looking for a way to jumpstart your holiday spirit, the Christmas market is in full swing now at Jackpool
13: Plaza.
2: That's right, and that's where we find our Christy Gordon tonight with a preview, and hopefully you haven't had too much of that glue wine, Christy.
13: (laughs) Not yet, Chris, but I will in a little bit, that's for sure. Ninth annual Vancouver Christmas Market, it's a huge success, lots of people down here and it's really a replica of what you would find in Germany, a traditional German market. And I have Denise Wegener here, thank you for having us, she's a GM here and you are from Germany. I am, yes. What What is it we're drinking here? We're actually drinking Glühwein. Uh, Super delicious. It's red wine mixed with spices. You should definitely have it. Yes, you should definitely have it. Now you have all the traditional stuff down here. There's the carousel, there's the um, beautiful little vendors. What do you have that's new this year? Yeah, we've got actually we've got quite a few more vendors this year, just over 80 actually, so an amazing increase. We've got our little cozy winter hideaway, the Wunderbar, Bar, to enjoy a few cocktails and a few nice snacks. Uh, we've got quite a few more illustrations, light illustrations to take pictures. So there's a lot more to discover this year at the market. And it really is a fun time for families, but you've got some events as well. We do, yes. We're actually trying to raise $10,000 for Maddie for Children's Wish. Uh, we're trying to send her to Disney World, actually. We're going to have Brent and Sutter from the Canucks here this Friday uh, to help raise the, those funds. And uh, you can take pictures with him, try and score against him. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we're going to be able to make that her. So that's on Friday night. And this is on right through until Christmas Eve. Lots to enjoy down here, that's for sure. VancouverChristmasMarket.com for all the details. Thank you for having us, Denise. Thank you for being here. <laughs> Back to you guys. All right. Thanks, Christy. We'll talk weather a little bit later.
2: I believe it will be said that no occupant of the Oval Office was more courageous, more principled, and more honorable than George Herbert Walker Bush.
1: Former Prime Minister Brian Mulroney, one of four speakers, eulogizing George H.W. Bush at today's state funeral for the former president four other presidents, first ladies, and British royalty coming together in Washington to remember the man considered to be one of the most successful one-term presidents in U.S.
2: history. The service included a rare show of raw emotion from one former president, who also happens to be his son.
14: After one final ride through Washington, with a last look at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue... President George H.W. Bush honored for his service that began long before he reached the White House.
0: George Herbert Walker Bush was America's last great soldier statesman.
14: Inside the Washington National Cathedral, a rare gathering, President Trump and all four living past presidents. The crowd of thousands dotted with foreign dignitaries, past and present, and friends recalling the president's trademark sense of humor.
0: He loved a good joke, but he never, ever could remember a punchline.
14: (laughs) But the most touching tribute from his own son, former president George W. Bush, sharing lessons passed from one commander in chief to another.
0: He showed me what it means to be a president who serves with integrity, leads with courage, and acts with love in his heart for the citizens of our country.
14: Invoking his dad's own trademark phrase.
0: His was the brightest of a thousand points of light.
14: And offering comfort for the loved ones he leaves behind.
0: The best father a son or daughter could have. (laughs) And in our grief, let us smile knowing that dad is hugging Robin and holding mom's hand
14: again. From a family and a grateful nation, a final farewell to the 41st president. Blaine Alexander, NBC News, Washington.
2: A top executive of a Chinese telecommunications giant has been arrested in Vancouver. 46-year-old Huawei Technologies CFO, Wanzhou Meng, was arrested on Saturday and now faces extradition to the U.S. American authorities are investigating allegations that Huawei has been shipping American products to Iran in violation of U.S. sanctions. The arrest comes less than two months after U.S. lawmakers urged Canada to ban Huawei's equipment from wireless networks over the possibility that the Chinese government might be using it to spy on and interfere in foreign governments.
1: A couple of pictures out of Alaska have people across North America envious of the state's road crews. Last week's 7.0 earthquake left many roads severely damaged, but a vacation planning company today posted these two pictures of a highway off-ramp before and after. The road reopened today, looking like nothing really happened. Many people are impressed with the speed and quality of work done by the Alaska road crews.
2: The latest launch from Elon Musk's SpaceX Corporation didn't go exactly as planned today. Two, one, zero. And liftoff as Falcon 9 and Cargo Dragon take flight. The launch itself was perfectly executed. A rocket carrying 2,500 kilograms of food to the International Space Station, including a Christmas turkey and all the stuffing for the astronauts, including Canadian David Saint-Jacques. However, there was a bit of a glitch in the return of the Falcon 9 rocket. Instead of touching down on its landing pad at Cape Canaveral, like all the others before it, it landed in the ocean and splashed down onto its side. SpaceX says the rocket wasn't damaged and is being recovered.
1: In Health Matters tonight, a young cancer patient and his mother have come forward to thank the people who helped save his life by giving
2: blood. Cameron Bulger was diagnosed with a rare form of brain cancer and received no fewer than 50 blood transfusions during surgeries to remove his tumor, his chemotherapy, stem cell transplants and radiation therapy. The good news is he's now cancer free. He and his mother visited a Vancouver blood donor clinic this morning.
11: I've had a lot of blood
9: transfusions During my three cycles of cancer, it's really hard. I couldn't have done it without people supporting me. And thank you for everyone who donated blood. Please come and donate blood here.
4: Uh, It's just such an important thing to do, and we're so thankful for for all the donors. And uh, if it's something that you've ever considered doing, it would be incredible if you could get out and donate. Uh, It's definitely going to be a lifelong mission of ours. Um, We've definitely seen firsthand the benefits of of blood donation and how it really can save a life, and we're very, very grateful. Well, once again this year,
1: the Children's Wish Foundation and Air Transat took a plane full of children and their families on a special mission today.
2: The kids are all dealing with severe and life-threatening illnesses, and they set out to find Santa somewhere in the skies between Vancouver and the North Pole. Take a look.
7: So man, tale, they say. We are, have invited so our Wish
1: families and some close uh, supporters, volunteers, and friends to go on a magical adventure
13: with Air Transat flying in the air in search of Santa.
1: Oh,
10: wow.
13: Uh, actually, we're leaving Vancouver at 1 o'clock and we'll be uh, heading north to the
7: North Pole. Okay, so we're about ready to start boarding now. Keep going. I'll
4: tell you Oh, how are you doing? Oh,
1: So at Children's Wish Foundation, we grant wishes to kids with high-risk, life-threatening illnesses, as well as children with serious genetic and neurological
13: conditions. But while we're getting our study, if you see anything, let us know.
3: Oh, that's it, kids. I think I just saw a huge red bag. It
10: looks like it's falling off of Santa's sling.
13: Our small change, big
14: hearts program. We've been donating a lot of money from their, from our customers, and now it's time to give it back to the foundation.
13: <laughs> <laughs> I think wishes are really an essential part
15: of the healing process for
8: families. Hello, Are we gonna do a picture? There we go.
1: Well, that little guy in the suit looked pretty nervous to be meeting the queen. We'll show you just how nervous right after the forecast.
2: <laughs> Great place to be tonight on a beautiful, crisp, clear night is down at the Christmas Market in Vancouver at Jack Poole Plaza. And that's where Christy is once again. Did you taste it?
13: I sure did. Absolutely. I've had a few tastes, Chris. I'm taking it easy, though. It's a sipping type of drink, you know. Uh, you can actually come down here and buy your own sort of mixtures for mulled wine. This one uh, made in Bowen Island, and there's all sorts of great little treats that you can get here. Now, weather wise, as you mentioned, a beautiful, crisp, clear night, and it will be cold by tomorrow morning. Expect wind chills across the region down to minus six, but it does make for magical mornings. Look at this shot from Fraser River thanks to Carl for that one. Brilliant sunrise, big white sun peaks all across the interior but big white has sensational conditions right now and colorful sunsets all across the province as well because of this uh, nice upper level ridge clearing the skies out. Still talking about are we going to see snow in the forecast? Still not likely for lower elevations. Here's a look at the band that's set to push in. It's a very thin band meaning we don't have a lot of moisture set to move in. It will be showers or flurries but let's focus in on that lower mainland, it looks like that flurry activity is the blue area uh, will be at higher elevations. That pink area is the mix of rain and snow, and then the green is where we'll just see rain. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a flake or two lower down, but we're really not calling for a snowfall event where you're having to drive through it and it'll be a problem. It would just be those usual suspects like Westwood Plateau and areas like, uh, you know, uh, um, SFU, for example, that may see some wet snow. But there's your forecast for tomorrow, continuing with sunshine and cold temperatures for another. Another two days right through your Thursday and your Friday highs of five degrees tomorrow. And then it's Friday night that we're expecting that small band of moisture to push in. And I just wanted to show you a few things that I'm going to be picking up for you guys. Merry Christmas, Chris. Oh no, this should be for you, Sophie. A little bacon, eh? <laughs> and bacon. And some fried egg socks. <laughs> and then and then
5: for you, Squire, this is Santa
13: riding a dinosaur.
5: Nice. Oh, That's that suitable, sense. right? You know, that makes sense. Yeah. Back in the day when he was still around, he had to do that. Perfect that's true. holiday More gift for, reindeer. for <laughs> everyone. Been around forever. Thank,
2: thank you very much, <laughs> yeah. Christy. Have fun Thanks. down there. I wow. I
5: saw yeah. Samantha I remember in the that. there. Rudolph the red-nosed Stegosaurus. <laughs> that's, uh, that's an old story.
1: All right. Just before we find out what Squire has in store, Queen Elizabeth has pretty much seen it all in her more than 66 years on the throne, including several of her royal guards passing out during official appearances. But a nine-year-old boy might have topped them all today.
2: I think so. As the Queen visits Britain's oldest children's charity, nine-year-old Nathan stood stiffly waiting to be introduced. And when the moment came, oh, it was all just a bit too much. Yes. Today. This is our adoptive son. <laughs> <laughs> his mother told the Queen, "That's his version of a bow," as Nathan crawls away. As usual, the Queen takes it all in stride. Nathan did wave and say bye when he got to the next room, mind you.
1: Well, well there were He's over there. Probably cookies in the next room. We might have been hungry. Be overwhelmed.
5: Hi, Squire. Hi, how are you doing? Good. You? Good, thank
1: you. Those socks scream squire. Santa honestegosaurus.
5: Yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not a massive crazy sock guy or crazy <laughs> sweater guy. Okay. We You know their song though. Don't we don't You'll know, know what's their song. Going. Okay. Okay, you ready? hmm Because the Canucks season is reminding me of the musical career of the Baja Men. October was the Who Let the Dogs Out moment. And everything else since then has not been a hit. If the uh, Canucks were a musical group, they would have gone from playing stadiums to the casino circuit. But as we've said many times, don't worry, be happy. It's all part of the rebuild. Good draft choice next year. Uh, But you may be wondering what has happened from October forward because they headed into November 1st in the Pacific. But statistically, the Canucks have not been able to outscore their subpar defense anymore. They were doing that in October. They're not doing that now in another thing. Their penalty killing has completely come off the rails. Those are some of the big changes. Look at last night against Minnesota. Close game, 3-2. But all three Minnesota goals on the power play, and there you see the Canucks record since November, 3, 10, and 3. Um, I don't want to jump on, don't think I'm jumping on Elias Petterson. He has done tons, but in the last 14 games, he only has one even strength goal. You can see how much is on this kid's shoulders and how much of him playing so well was one of the reasons they uh, had a great October. But the Canucks are top 10 in one category, franchise worth. Forbes came out with the list again today as to which team is worth what. The Canucks have gone up 1% in value from last year. And again, this is according to Forbes. The criteria, criteria, I should say, for this list, I'm not really sure of. But think of this as the NHL's version of your property assessment. Before I show you the top five and where the Canucks are, Arizona, the least valued team right now in the NHL, worth $290 million. Okay. Here are the most expensive properties in NHL Monopoly. The Rangers are number one at $1.55 billion. Notice all original six teams in the top five. Toronto, Montreal, and Chicago. Those are the four teams worth a billion or more. The Canucks, ninth highest at $735 million. Blues and Oilers a little bit down the list. O'Connor oh, McDavid's feeling down. well again. He missed the other game because he was sick. Around the this will make you sick the fourth line scoring where are the fans a lot of empty seats there Ivan barbershop and it's 2-1 st louis in the second period vancouver giants are nationally ranked for the 10th week this season seventh in the chl prince albert is number one giants moved up three spots from 10th overall remember this saturday at the coliseum teddy bear toss night bring a stuffed toy Bring even toques, mittens, scarves, and when the Giants score their first goal, throw them on the ice for charity. Well, the CFL will have some competition for players, again, from Vince McMahon and the XFL. Undaunted about the failure of that football league the first time around when the XFL lasted just one season in 2001. Vince is bringing it back, and like the first time, there'll be just eight teams, but this time, Seattle's getting a team. Boy, Seattle's been getting a bunch of teams this week.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, this is the XFL.
10: Nearly 20 years after Vince McMahon launched his ill-fated XFL, it's coming back. The league which did everything in its power to stand out like having players meet at center field and go all out for first possession will once again strap it up come February
2: of 2020.
0: We're really looking forward to it once again
2: establishing we're excited. exciting, innovative uh, form of football that, quite frankly, you've never seen before. Because so much has changed in terms of uh, the use of digital, social media didn't even exist uh, 20 years ago, and ways of distributing and and ways of interest uh, in terms of the various devices, uh, which were not there either. But what has not changed is the love of football. That has not changed.
10: What the refrigerator, Perry's going on? They're going to run the ball. Jesse, I told you. Not enough football fans love the XFL the first go around, so what's different? The eight team league features franchises in Seattle, Los Angeles, Houston, Dallas, New York, St. Louis, Tampa Bay, Washington, and will play a 10 game regular season except this time around, it actually has a football guy in charge. Big dog,
2: Ron Carpenter. The NFL and college football are as popular today as they've ever been, with tens of millions of fans engaging each and every week. And our research indicates that fans want more football and we intend to provide it to him.
10: The XFL's commissioner is the father of Colts quarterback Andrew Luck, but senior has his own football chops. Oliver played in the NFL, was part of the World League of American Football, as well as NFL Europe.
2: The XFL wants to complement fall football. We will run a professional league delivering football each and every spring, starting in February of 2020.
5: Former Calgary Stampeder star, Breakup champion and two-time Super Bowl champion Brownie, Brandon Browner has been sent to jail for eight years for attempted murder of his ex-girlfriend. The incident happened in July. Browner was a member of the Seahawks when they won the Super Bowl. The Patriots, when they beat the Seahawks for the Super Bowl, he was a defensive back. Liverpool, Burnley, that's Turf Moor, home of Burnley. No scoring in the first half. Jack Cork. It's a scramble! The touch for Wood, the save from Alisson! The cork has popped the goal. It's uh, 1-0. Now it's 1-1. Roberto Firmino scores there, three straight for Liverpool. In the goal department, they win 3-1. And there you go.
1: All right, Thanks, thanks Squire. You're welcome.
5: Here is a look at today's snow report. Whistler Blackcomb, a base of 62 centimeters, about 10 centimeters grouse and cypress and open. Sasquatch opening on December 15th. Revelstoke Base, a healthy 111, Fernie 84 centimeters. Manning Park will be open in the near future and Whitewater opens this Friday. Big White's base at 90 centimeters, 105 at Silver Star, and close to 90 Sun Peaks. And Kicking Horse opens this Friday. Mount Washington's opening date still to be announced, and Powder King has a 100-centimeter base.
2: A BC mountain biker's YouTube video of his extreme riding is getting some serious traction online.
1: Most of the stunts are heart-stopping, but it's one mind-boggling track that seems to defy the laws of physics that's getting
15: all the attention dropping in to fly high over and over again. It's a rush that doesn't get old.
4: It's a pretty crazy feeling.
15: But for Jordi Lunn, crazy wasn't cutting it. And so the professional mountain biker decided to take the already extreme sport up a notch by going up a tree.
4: I kind of eventually talked myself into it and started it and had to commit from there.
15: One piece at a time, he built this ramp, 65 feet high, along this massive trunk at an 80-degree angle. But going up was the easy part.
4: The first time I went to ride that one, I backed out of it. I knew I had to go make changes to make it work.
15: The second time, there was no second guessing.
4: Coming. Just get on the bike and go at that point.
15: Cameras captured the one time attempt from all angles, showing Lund successfully ride down the tree trunk, just barely clinging to the track. (laughs) He amazingly only suffered some minor injuries.
4: Yes, yes, in my my undercarriage area.
15: But Lund says it was well worth it. The video, now posted online as the third installment of a series, has been viewed nearly half a million times.
4: It's been overwhelming, you know, the, the reaction we've got has been awesome. Um, yeah, we're pumped.
15: Now he's looking to top the stunt, pushing the limits even further.
4: You know, you can't go ride something that someone else already has ridden. You know, you've got to do something new and unique. But
15: what exactly that will be is still quite literally up in the air. Kylie Stanton, Global News, Victoria. You guys okay?
2: Always, Always wear a cup. <laughs> Always wear a cup. <laughs> I don't know if that would have helped. Well, it it's might have. I don't don't know. don't
1: ride down a tree. Well, that too. All right, let's go back to the Christmas market. <laughs> and
13: she's done more Christmas shopping.
2: Oh, my goodness. What's going
13: on? <laughs> That's right. Look, cute little Nepal sweaters. Aren't those beautiful? Oh, Perfect for this are. week. Yep. And, of course, lots of other great stuff down here for this week and watching for the potential of Snow Friday night, guys.
2: All right. Could get messy down there on the weekend, it looks like, too, but uh, always fun. You got the glue vine. Definitely.
1: That'll warm you up.
2: Got that? That warms you up. Thanks for watching, everyone.
7: Is that...